You are listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our special Thanksgiving service, November 24th, 2016. For more info, visit creekside.org. Someone said that you probably won't get what you don't have until you learn to be grateful for what you do have. I think that's probably so true. So often, don't we focus on what we're lacking or what we're missing? Here's what I'm doing, friends, really. I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm trying really hard to slow down my life, my cadence, my rhythm. Um, so I really begin to say, God, I'm just so thankful for this and that. And I begin to pick out things. And, and I want to challenge you to learn to push the pause button in your life to make sure that you focus on just the little things. It's not the big things. It's the little things that day by day. And I've always considered myself a fairly thankful person, but I really want to ramp it up. Even uh, I, I read this story recently. It was in 2008. A young Australian woman, her name was Haley Bartholomew. She found that she was, just wasn't enjoying life. And it was kind of an inexplicable sense that she had because she described herself as just simply feeling lost and stuck on a personal treadmill where everything was plateaued. She was married to a man that she loved. She had beautiful children who held her close in her heart. So she was trying to figure out why was she feeling down about her daily life. So Haley ended up going to see a nun and sought sought her counsel. And so what this nun advised her was to spend time each day reflecting on one thing that she was grateful for. Could have been something very obvious, could have been something small, it could have been something out of the ordinary, it could have been something very ordinary. Well, she come up with this idea where where she called it 365 Grateful. So every day, she took a picture of something that she was grateful for. And it began to change her life. It allowed her to see things that she'd really never noticed before. And Haley had always thought of her husband as being unromantic. So one day she took a picture of him serving up dinner and the thing that, because that's what she was grateful for that day, that he was such a servant. But she noticed for the first time that as he was serving up the dinner in this picture, the largest portion always went to her plate. She realized that this largest portion was always placed on her plate and to her that began to say what a small but profound way that he showed his intent and desire and love for me. And then she found herself during this season where mothering had just become such a boring job for her. But as she took photos of her children, she noticed this. Her kids were always holding out their hands to her. She took photos of her children, and she discovered how much joy and wonder there was in their world, and because of them could be in her world. And I thought, what a powerful way to do it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do that this year. I just took this first picture the other day. Here's the first one that I did. Every day during this time of year, I come out, and you see those two trees on the left and the right. They're changing. And just every year, I notice the beauty of the, you know, we don't have the the northeast that we go to, but I, I notice those two pictures there, excuse me, those two trees that always have this vibrancy of autumn colors. I just said, thank you, God, for where I get to live. It's so beautiful. We have so much. 
And today, my picture is going to be of you. I'm so thankful for you, of what God's doing in you, of what God's happening and doing in us and through us. And so I just said, you know what? Today, my picture is going to be of Creeksiders, and I'm going to be able to express my thankfulness to you for who you are and to what Jesus is doing in us and through us. And can I just encourage you that maybe for some of us that find ourselves a little down, or maybe for some of us that have lost the attitude of gratitude, that maybe in this next season we would just take a day. Maybe you're not doing, maybe you don't do it 365 days, but maybe you'll start just saying, I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to express my thankfulness every day for something that God's done. That's what we come here today to do, loved ones. You'll see these balloons. What we want you to do, the reason we wanted you to write on them is because in just a moment we're going to clip them and they're just going to become a canopy of thankfulness over us for as long as they stay up. Here's the deal. What do kids do whenever they see balloons? They look at them and they go, oh, they get so excited. It just brings a little bit of joy to their life. Maybe some of us adults, we walked in and go, oh, wow, cool, we got some balloons. Well, that's why we wanted to do this. We just wanted to remind us that when there's this canopy, when, when we come into a situation like this, there can be this canopy of joy over us. Anytime thankfulness goes up to God, this is what I've also learned. It always comes back to us. And so these balloons are going to go up, but you know what? In a couple of days, they're going to come back down. And so, this, so what I want give somebody that you give someone at your table that you really trust and that they have some good skills, the scissors. <laughs> and so what I want you to do is on the count of three, we're just going to cut these and we're just going to let them go up, okay? So we're going to have this canopy of thankfulness over us. So are you ready? One. Somebody got the scissors? Bring them together. Two. Three. Cut them down. So yeah, some are going to pop. That's all right. But uh, just remember to be thankful. And now we've got this over us, and now they'll be coming back to us here probably in the next hour or 48 or whenever they come down. Well, today we, uh, I'm thrilled that uh, we have some wonderful letter writers, and uh, it's always difficult to narrow down, and, and uh, I'd love to be able to have everybody do it. But uh, this, this, uh, this, this Thursday, we're, one, we're, we're thrilled with the letter writers that we have, and uh, such a diversity, a delicious blend of people and experience. And so I want to, I'm going to call them up in groups of three, except for the last one will be four. Uh, we just do an alphabetical order. So if I could have Maria Berta, Michelle Bauer, and David Brown come up. ago, I was blissful, content, and thought I had the perfect life. Lord, you knew better. You saw through it. You took me through a dark night of my soul. 
I walked in the valley of darkness, Lord, but you were waiting on the other side for me. Little did I know you were leading the way to a better, more fulfilling, and Christ-filled life. I found myself at the bottom of a deep, dark, dank well, and I couldn't see a way up. But you patiently and consistently led the way, slowly but steadily back to your light through your grace and goodness. I went to Catholic school as a child. My parents were very religious. My sister even joined the convent. My parents wrote Catholic books, and they ran a Catholic magazine. I had married my high school sweetheart. We had four great kids whom we were able to send to private school. We had a beautiful, spacious, custom home with a pool on top of a hill with a 180-degree view of the bay. I lived by all the teachings of the church. We took great vacations, and during the summer when we weren't swimming or barbecuing in our yard, we'd take our boat to the lake. I worked part-time, mostly from home, and was able to go to all of my kids' school and extracurricular events, make home-cooked meals every day, and be the quintessential homemaker. My husband had a great career at an international pharmaceutical firm. We went to church every Sunday and indeed felt blessed. However, today, I realized that that idyllic life was problematic. In short, I was self-righteous. I felt that since our kids went to Catholic school, we went to church every Sunday, and all our friends and family were good, wholesome Catholics, that we were better than others. I wouldn't allow my kids to play at their friends' houses if the parents were divorced. I heard that one child's father was in jail, so I wouldn't let my son be around that child. People commented that we were the perfect family, and I reveled in those compliments. I did everything I could to insulate my family and keep us where I thought you wanted us to be, Lord, above all the ills and sins of the world. Little did I realize that that in itself was sinful. Lord, you showed me the error in my ways. And what a painful lesson that was. My husband fell, and he fell hard. I didn't understand what was happening. He had changed. He was irritable. He was late coming home. He became jealous and accusatory, angry with the kids. He lost a lot of weight and started asking me to help him write his work reports, saying he was behind at the office. I tried to be supportive and accommodating, but I couldn't find out, figure out why he had changed so much. I suggested counseling. We went, and he said he was just very depressed. I tried even harder to be kind and comforting to him, but he just got angry and mean and began to accuse me of cheating on him. My youngest was just six months old, and I had four young kids at home. I wasn't cheating and hadn't even dreamed of it. 
My husband became cruel and physically abusive. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Every spare moment I had while driving, cooking, cleaning, I would pray that you would heal my husband of whatever was ailing him. When I went to the Y, I would run on the treadmill for 60 minutes and just pray the entire time. I trusted, Lord, that you would fix things, but you didn't. They got much worse. My husband stopped coming home at night. He would disappear for a day at a time. I would call the hospitals, jails, so scared that he was hurt. He would reappear with a ready story, so incredible that it was believable, at least to me. I knew there was something wrong, but I couldn't figure it out. After months of terror and lying and abuse, my husband confessed. He was addicted to meth. I stayed with him through arrests, detox, rehab, and when he violently relapsed, I filed for divorce. When he found out I'd filed, he threatened to kill me. My husband was later arrested and 5150'd, and then 5250'd. At the hospital, my husband told the nurse that he had hired two drug addicts to kill me. He was committed to a mental institution and then a drug program. The police pressed charges of felony threats against my life. I did not want my children's father to go to jail for years. I still had hope he would reform, so I refused to testify against him. The DA then arrested me in front of my kids and threw me in jail and forced me to testify. I lied on the stand and my husband got off. In trying to do the right thing, I did the absolute wrong thing. Did I pray about this? Did I ask you, Lord, what was right? No, I didn't, and I'm sorry. Because of my naivete naivete, and belief in my own judgment, I didn't search for your will. As a result, my kids were with my now ex-husband every other weekend. And around him, as he relapsed yet again, he became a drug dealer and eventually murdered a drug addict who had broken into his home and had threatened to kill my children. They witnessed all of this. Thus became years of, thus began years of PTSD, trauma counseling, depression, suicidal thoughts, and other problems for all four of my children. About this time, I found Creekside Church through a friend. One Sunday was momentous for me. PT preached, don't ask why. Ask what now, Lord? This was what I needed to hear. All through this ordeal, I thought, you had abandoned me, Lord. I was strong enough to take all the hardships, but why my kids? Why did they have to suffer? Why did you allow this to happen to them? I asked this of you all the time, but I soon found out the faith 
I previously had was simply religious rituals and practices. I didn't know you. I went through the motions, but they were not rooted in a relationship or deep knowledge of you. I do not know why you allowed this to happen to my children, but I will no longer ask why. I now ask, what do you want me to do now? There is evil, temptations, and destruction in this world, and you do not make us succumb to it. You gave us free will. When we fall on hard times, we need to ask you, what would you have me do now? Only then can we find your grace and love and healing. Asking why me, why us, is futile and purposeless. Lord, 10 years ago, I felt I was on top of the world. I thought I had the perfect life with the perfect house, perfect kids, and perfect husband. Then I had the rug pulled out from under me, and I felt as if I was lying on the ground looking up at everyone. Everyone was above me. I was humiliated and hurt, ashamed and confused. I had come to live my worst nightmare, and I was so mad at you because I was, had always been faithful and good, and my kids and I were suffering because of what one other person did to us. However, I owe you, Lord, great thanks for opening my eyes. I see now. I see that I needed to be knocked off that pedestal and humbled. If I had stayed in that seemingly perfect life, I would never have truly found you, Lord. I see that I am not now and never will I be more or less worthy than any of your other children. We are all loved by you. I can serve you by showing my children that we need to have compassion for those who are suffering, serve those who are sick and can't help themselves, defend the weak and hold our hands out to those who need a hand up. I never thought I'd be one of those people who needed the hand up, but I did. And I am forever grateful, Lord, that you love me enough to invest in me and teach me these hard lessons. You are a loving Father who wants me to learn. And the only way I was going to learn compassion was by falling down and relying on you and those you put in my life to help me back up. Thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself. We've rebuilt our lives through your grace, Lord. You sent an angel into our lives named, so fittingly, Michael. He loves and nurtures and cares for my children as if they were his own. He supports me and lifts me up. He's taught me that it's safe to love and trust again. Michael has fortified my faith in you. He has shown me that unconditional love exists. He is our knight in shining armor. My ex-husband did spend time in prison. Since being released, he's worked to rebuild his relationship with our children. He lives out of town, but attends Creekside periodically. I do pray, Lord, that you work in the hearts of my sons who have still not been able to put all the pieces back together. Lord, you have called us to recommit our lives to you. 
We've all been re-baptized at Creekside. I'm able to see you every day now, whether it be at Sunday services, at youth group on Wednesdays, or just being able to see the humanity in the drug addict on the corner, or the elderly woman struggling to walk, the single mom sacrificing to feed her children, or the alcoholic stumbling down the street. Lord, thank you for taking the calluses from my eyes and showing me your light and your love. I pray that your love will shine brightly in my heart, that it will infect all I come in contact with. Love, Maria. Hi. This is not intimidating at all. Okay, um, I was super excited um, when I got asked uh, to do this today, and then when I actually thought about what I was gonna do, I got super freaked out. Um, but now uh, that you're all in your underwear, I'm good, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't really work, but that's okay. Um, seriously, I'm so excited to share um, what God has put on my heart. I love this time of year, not just because of pumpkin spice lattes, but um, because I feel like you can see God in so many things um, at this time of year, just like PT was saying, in the change of season and the leaves, and people are so giving, and it's just really my happy time. Um, we have a chalkboard in our kitchen, and I put a verse every month and doodle pictures and stuff. Um, and this month I put First Thessalonians 5.18, and that is... Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I just believe that when we are thankful, um, we are in his will, and that's a great place to be. And I've just really been meditating and trying to put this verse into practice. Um, and so I'm really excited for this opportunity. So here is my letter. Dear Lord, it's me again. I know I just got done asking for your grace over the turkey I just put in the oven since I am hosting and we both know what kind of cook I am. Um, but now I am writing to give you praise and take the time to share with you how truly thankful I am. As I sit here praying and really thinking about what it is I am most thankful for, I am flooded with so many things. My health, my family, my family's health, my friends, my job, my house, etc. And while those are all wonderful, real things, the answer became clear to me. I am most thankful that from the day I asked you into my life, you have always been there. You met me where I was and loved me unconditionally. You have never left me. On the days that life felt perfect and at my darkest times, when I chose to walk far ahead of you and go my own way, and when I was the saddest, you carried me. I am so thankful for not getting all of the things that I have asked for, but getting the things that you know I need. I am learning in the good times to praise you and trust you, and in the hard, draw close, be quiet, and again, trust you. I write to you today, 34 years old, the happiest I have ever been, and the closest to you I have ever been. I wholeheartedly thank you for this season in my life, 
I thank you, thank you for blessing me with parents who showed me faith and your love at a very early age because I believe that that foundation has helped me in my walk with you. I am beyond grateful that you have changed my marriage and shown me what it can be with you in it. My husband has my whole heart for life, and I thank you for keeping him safe. Thank you a million times and more for giving me the gift of being AJ and Shane's mom. There are no words to truly express my love for them. I know we talk about them a lot, and we always will. I am so happy a Sea Games flyer came in AJ's folder at school and brought us here, and now five years later, Creekside Church is where we call home. You know that I am a lover of people, and Creekside has some great peeps. Being a part of this church has helped myself, my marriage, and my boys grow in so many ways. You have shown me how powerful we can be together as believers and made me value people in a different way than I could, than I could on my own. I love how perfectly you place and use people. PT and many others here have been such a blessing and a game changer for me. I can't thank you enough for restoring, growing, and giving me the opportunity for new relationships this year. They are incredible because you are a part of them. God, you are good. I will do my best to give you thanks in all things and continue to tell people of your love and grace and what you've done for me. Thanks. Thanks for the light. Um, dear Jesus, for hours now, I've sat with open, pardon me, sat with pen in hand, trying to list everything I am thankful for. Eight pages I have scratched, and all of a sudden I get it. I am truly thankful I can talk with you about the choices I make. I'm also thankful to show your love through those gifts you have given me. And I am deeply thankful you love me. I love you, Lord Jesus, your son, David. Don't forget, everybody, if uh, I'd like to get your originals. Um, don't leave without giving it to me, if you would, please. I'll make a copy of it for you. Um, I just love the, the delightful blend that God always brings to this time. The next three will be Courtney Butler, Lewis Fail, and then we'll see a video by uh, Mike Kirker. like to preface that I wrote this like four times at midnight last night so if it's a little all over the place I couldn't get my thoughts together it's kind of freaking out <laughs> dear lord when thinking about what to thank you for in a letter to be read in front of friends and strangers I became a little overwhelmed I have so much to thank you for especially since you are the entire reason I am writing this today okay. I have much to be thankful for this past year in particular 
Thank you for bringing me out to California for my job. This, has, this job has been better than I could ever have imagined. It came the exact time, obviously, because that's how you work, and that is, it has been one of the best things for me both professionally and personally. Thank you for bringing me to Creekside, to a place where I feel I fully belong. Thank you for giving me the courage to get out of my car and come to a church where people sit at round tables. <laughs> I can't believe it's been a year since I was giving myself a pep talk in my rear view mirror to even get out of my car to giving, ooh, to not even giving it, oh, here we go over. I can't believe it's been a year since I was giving myself a pep talk in my rear view mirror to even get out of my car to not even giving it a second thought when I was asked to read this letter in front of the church. Thank you for giving me the friendships that have come from Creekside, as well as my many, many old, long-standing ones. These would be the same people helping me through my hardest times of the past year. Thank you for giving me the strength and wisdom to leave a toxic, unhealthy relationship. Thank you for showing me how much you really loved me through that time. Thank you for my family. I never realized what a wonderful family and how truly blessed I am to have them. They have loved and supported me through everything in my life. Thank you for giving me a grandmother who was such a woman of strong faith and was able to share that with me. 2016 has been a difficult year. Thank you for that. Without it, I wouldn't have gained the strength and confidence I have now. I wouldn't have learned to rely on you and your faithfulness. Thank you for using this year to instill in me a greater passion to pursue you. My desire to grow in you and walk with you grows strong. Wait grow in you and walk with you, <laughs> grow stronger because of this year. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Thank you for building endurance, character, and hope in me. Your daughter, Courtney. Dear Jesus, I just wanted to say that I am thankful to Creekside Church and the knowledge and understanding of relationship it has given me to you. All of my life, I've been an on-again, off-again Christian, the shining example that seeds cast on the rocky soil. Once anything pulled me away from Christ, it was like the sun hitting the shallow seeds of my Christianity. My spiritual growth would be scorched to nothing, and I would find myself once again farther away from this man that I knew very little about who lived a long time ago named Jesus. What I always thought were advanced Christian ideologies, such as forgiveness, not, not participating in spiritually unhealthy habits or vices, or what I felt were responsible for creating psychological barriers between would-be Christians and Christians that keep a steady relationship in you. Forgiveness of perceived enemies and repenting in the face of solidified habits are what I affectionately refer to as having a black belt in Christianity, a product of years of practice and exposure to Christ and his teachings. So I was introduced to Creekside by my lovely wife, Shannon, and I, attended, I, I began attending Creekside thirsting for knowledge. I quickly submersed myself in all that Creekside had to offer. I began serving in child care where I learned patience, responsibility, how to be entertaining, and how to spot, a, pinpoint a poopy diaper from across the room <laughs> and a group of kids and know who the perpetrator was. Um, I began attending a men's group led by Jim Fredericks, which offered free discussion, encouragement of shared ideas, unconditional acceptance, and the knowledge of the good news. I felt like I was in an advanced, accelerated course in Christianity. 
My path for knowledge and understanding of Jesus wasn't always paid with a smooth surface, though. A few steps into my journey, I was hit with a test. Someone I worked with did something to me that infuriated me. We were never what I would call friends, to say the least, and I was overcome with rage, thinking of ways to retaliate. Then I thought, what would Jesus do? Yeah, I like the bumper sticker. Through my exposure to the good news at Creekside, I knew perfectly well what you said about forgiveness. Now, I have banged my shin bone on the trailer hitch of a truck exactly three times in my life. The pain of forgiving was so, while I was so upset, was so much on par with that that I buckled over and actually think I grabbed my shin bone. Jesus, you didn't mince words about how you felt about forgiveness, and I knew I had to forgive no matter how much it hurt. Eventually, I got through it and became so forgiving that I was able to calmly discuss what bothered me and found out it was a simple misunderstanding. After that, following the blueprint to what Jesus would do became easier and easier. I calmly repented left and right on a daily basis. I was a repenting pinball machine racking up scores of millions of angels smiling in heaven. I felt, if I felt compelled to participate in an activity that was inappropriate, I would just pray. If I wanted to watch a video that was inappropriate, I'd just turn on Netflix and watch movies like Son of God and Heaven is for Real. If I wanted to look at an inappropriate picture trending on the internet, I'd read the Bible. Old habits fell away to newer and more healthier ones. Through my exposure at Creekside, I found out you don't have to come into a relationship with you already with a black belt in Christianity. Trusting in you, loving you, accepting your forgiveness, and relinquishing control to you will be a gentle guide towards spiritual happiness and enlightenment. For the most part, I'm still the same guy, except my friends tell me I seem happier all the time now. I am still a passionate husband, loving father, loyal son, and gladdening friend. But under the surface, through my relationship with you, I have become more centered and whole. Through Creekside, my connection with you has given me eternal, eternal peace and happiness more than I could have ever dreamed. So in summary, I am thankful for the knowledge, love, and understanding of this man who still lives in us, in all of us, seated at the right hand of his father, whose name is Jesus. I am thankful because I am saved. Thank you. First of all, I am thankful for your son, Jesus. Because of his sacrifice, I have been freed from sin and have been given access to you. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and my shortcomings. It's hard to fathom the love and patience you have for me. Thank you, Lord. I am thankful for your grace and forgiveness. It is only through your forgiveness and grace that I may experience this unexplainable peace in my life. I thank you for being Lord over my life. Every day, you are my compass to guide me through all my thoughts and decisions. I am thankful for the awesome example of love and kindness you have given me and my wife, Lisa. The friendship, patience, and support I am not worthy of. My earthly puzzle piece that completes me. Thank you for her loving example of your abundant love. Thank you, Lord, for Lisa. I thank you, Lord, for the children that you have picked out just for us. They are such a blessing in my life filling it with joy and happiness every time I think of them. I am so blessed by the warmth of their love, and that blankets me every time I see them. I thank you for the long morning rides to school with my son David. I love the special time we share praying and talking about the concerns of the day. As his father, the times we share are so amazing. Thank you, Lord, for being my Heavenly Father. After dropping David off, I cherish our time alone praying and sharing my thoughts and cares of the day with you. Lastly, 
Thank you, Lord, for my Creekside Church family. It is so wonderful to be part of the family of God here at Creekside. Thank you for Pastor Terry and his heart for you and the city. Again, thank you, Lord. In your service, Michael Kirker. One of the things we do is we uh, at least uh, one staff member, and Michael's a new member of our staff, uh, we try and do a video just to add a little difference to it. He wasn't uh, against coming up here or anything, but we try and give you just a little larger flavor of their life. I want to ask uh, Tony Logan, Elizabeth McCauley, and Sue Northrup next, please. Most people know me as Pastor Kyle's wife, and sometimes when Kyle is on stage, he shares little tidbits of our life, some of our triumphs, our jokes, and our kids, and some of our tragedies. He's talked about his father taking his own life, but he has not spoken from the pulpit about our greatest tragedy. This loss makes me grateful every single day for where we are now. I got married in October of 2012, and by spring I was expecting our first baby. I had known my entire life that my calling was to be a mother. Growing up, I had cruel parents, but I still knew that I was loved. At the time, I didn't know that it was by you, Lord. But as I got older, that became so apparent I couldn't ignore it. I raised my younger siblings, worked in a daycare throughout high school. I served in children's ministry, studied child development in college, and I taught preschool. But I still knew that everything I had done up to that point was to prepare me for motherhood. The best thing that happened to me was seeing that second pink line, surprising my husband, and watching our love spill over into this love for this new perfect baby. After weeks, we finally told our friends, our family, and our entire church. And two days after that, we lost the baby. And I know that this is a letter of thanks but how can you understand the depth of my gratitude without knowing the debt of my heart? I was so broken, so angry. Every dream that I had had for my life and for my child's life was shattered, and the whole world had a front row seat to it. After emergency surgery, I had to unannounce my pregnancy. I clung to my husband, and my husband clung to you, Lord, and somehow we survived it. Two months later, for the second time, we saw another positive test. This time I was cautiously optimistic, but this baby wasn't meant to be either. My doctor told me that I would not be able to get pregnant for a season, and it was not something I wanted to go through again anyway, so I started exploring private adoption. I was waiting on one more letter of recommendation before I could submit our profile, but that wasn't your plan either. The night before I got the letter, to my great surprise, I found out that I was pregnant again. Racked with worry and wonder, I didn't want to go through the torture again, but I couldn't understand how just days after the doctor told me this would be impossible, it happened. After a beautiful, healthy pregnancy, I finally met my daughter. And when I saw her face, I knew that she was your work. And again, 10 months later, when she put her hand on my stomach and she said, baby, we were blessed with the happiest little boy and I knew that he was straight from you too. 
In the last two years, I have found myself in a constant state of thankfulness. Every morning, I wake up to their little smiles, and thankfulness washes over me. Eyes welling up while I clean the house, because I'm so thankful for the memories that were made making the mess. I realized that I've been walking around and operating in thanks, and all of a sudden, I realized why. I spent countless hours staring at my sleeping children as I'm watching one day, teary-eyed and full-hearted. It hits me. I do not deserve them. Nothing I could ever do could ever earn them. There's not enough goodness in the world to equate to being their mom. I think all of a sudden, I understood grace. When I lost my previous two pregnancies, I was so incredibly angry with you. I thought you just didn't let me keep my babies, that they were mine, and it was wrong not to be together. I deserved my own flesh and blood. I used my miscarriages to justify so much doubt. I had thought that once I actually had a baby in my arms, I'd be able to forgive you, that I'd be so in love with her that I would forget all the pain and all who were missing from our family. And while I was so smitten with her, it didn't erase anything. It amplified my anger. In seeing her face, I put a face to my loss. I should have had this love a year before. It was the most conflicting time I'd ever experienced because I was so glad to finally have her, and she was so beautiful and magical and all that I dreamed about, yet she constantly reminded me of that hurt. So I prayed to you constantly. I prayed every time I was angry, every time I was upset, every time I was challenged as a brand new parent dealing with old wounds, and the anger slowly faded. And one day, without noticing, it disappeared, and it was replaced by thankfulness. Who was I to challenge you about the babies that I deserved? There's nothing I could have ever done to deserve them either. It doesn't matter how good I was or how much I volunteered or loved people. I could never earn the relationship into existence. And I realized I should feel this exact same way about you, Lord. I could never earn your love, and yet I have it unconditionally forever. I learned to forgive and saw that I needed to be forgiven so many times over. And again, I was thankful for the ableness to come back to you, for the ability to have questions and doubts and anger and it be okay, that you cried with me over my loss, that you cry with me when I am overflowing with joy, playing with my brilliant toddler and my blissful baby. When one is teething and I'm aching and exhausted, I am grateful to have a child to be up with. When the other is testing my boundaries, I will be patient and steady like you always have been for me. The hard times aren't hard with an appreciative perspective, with a thankful heart, and the good times are even better. And I realize over and over that I am so thankful. So thank you, Jesus. Hello. <laughs> Dear God, I wanted to tell you that I'm so thankful for the many blessings that you have given me this year and throughout my lifetime. I've enjoyed it all so much, and I hope that in the many years to come, there will be more blessings. I thank you for the roof over my head, my friends, the ability to speak for what I believe in, a bed to sleep in, food to eat, clothes to wear, a bunny to cuddle with, chickens to give us eggs, books to read, money to spend, a school to go to, a church with activities, a mom, a dad, a big sister, two big brothers, and more. Most of all, I'm thankful for the Lord who came to save us all and who sent his son so that someday I could see him. 
Thank you so much, God, for all these blessings. There are so many. I love you so much, God. Love your daughter slash princess, Elizabeth. Luckily, I can take my glasses off, and I, you will all be a blur, so it's easier. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I was asked if I would write a letter of thanksgiving to you for our Thanksgiving service. Where do I start? I am so thankful for my dad and mom, my foundation. I wasn't always aware or thankful for them and their sacrifices, but age and life experiences have a way of helping you appreciate them. They were amazing, wonderful Christian parents. They made sure we went to Sunday school and had a conscious conscience and said grace before meals and always welcomed others, whether they could afford it or not. Mom is the disciplinarian, still, and Dad was the softy. But when it came to my dad's faith, he never wavered. He used to tell us kids, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. My dad spent a lot of time with you in the word, so faithful. Life wasn't easy for them, and they struggled financially to raise five kids, but their praise and gifts to you always came first. They were, and my mom still is, a great example of praying parents, and I know you honor that. I married early at 18 and thought I knew it all. <laughs> Wrong. We were blessed with five beautiful children, and there was and is so much love and chaos in our home. Luckily, I grew up seeing the reality of marriage and parenting by my folks' example. So I learned, maybe not so quickly, that nothing in life is perfect, ever. Looking back, the sad part is, I didn't forget you. I just put you on the back burner for later when I'd had time, when I'd have time. I'm so thankful you still love me and didn't do that to me. Life was crazy busy with life in general work and the boys. They started racing motocross. We were so blessed that you answered our prayers and kept the boys relatively safe. Just a few broken bones and injuries, nothing too serious. I knew you were always there with us, every race. Then bam, you turned up the heat, literally got our full attention. June 26, 1996, we were on vacation at an annual motocross race when, get, when we got a call from our neighbor that our home of 20 years was on fire. The house was a total loss and all of our possessions were gone. Through this, you came in and showed us how awesome you are and that you are in charge and know best. We rebuilt better. We had insurance, wonderful, and no one was hurt, wonderful. Through all the ashes we discovered, you saved a lot of the pictures of our kids when they were babies and small children, nothing short of miraculous. That's when I went back to the local Lutheran church that I would occasionally attend and started attending regularly. I knew I needed you more than just in an emergency or occasionally. You even got an elderly lady who I became friends with to get Paul to go to church with me. Fast forward summer of 2004, I woke up one morning with an eye issue, and by the end of the week, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Whoa, this was serious and scary. I don't know why, but I was more worried about my husband and my children. I felt this comfort come from you that you had a plan. I might not like it, 
but I had learned I could trust you. I decided that with your help, I would appreciate each day as it came, good or bad, trusting that you would decide when I could run and when I needed to rest. I had to leave the job I was working at, and you blessed me with my own quilt store, my life's dream. I was so blessed running it by the seat of my pants and lots of prayers for almost seven years. My husband helped me when necessary, and my kids did too. But then you decided it was getting to be too much, or you wanted me elsewhere, and we closed it. You had other plans for me. August 2010, you blessed us with our first grandchild, and it was a girl. Talk about ultimate blessings. Then we had another girl in May of 2012, a grandson in 2013, another granddaughter in 2014, and we have another granddaughter coming in 2017. I can't even put into words what these babies mean to me. <laughs> Your ultimate challenge of trust came Mother's Day 2014. <laughs> Our beautiful baby grandson, Jax, almost drowned. I have never felt such pain and fear in a lifetime, and I hope I never do again. I'm so thankful for the Christian foundation my parents gave me because when I was at my lowest and so scared, all I could think of was to pray while my boys were doing CPR until the first responders came and our angels in blue came to sa help save Jax. When they left with Jax, you kicked in and automatically without thinking. I called my mom and got the prayer chains going, and then my sister, another amazing servant of yours, to get her prayer chains going. I was helpless, and that's a horrible feeling for a mom. We're supposed to take care of our family. You blessed us with prayer chains that went all over the world for Jax, and through that you saved Jax and our family. Jack spent three months at Children's Hospital. You pulled this family together in this and strengthened us. Through the prayer chains, your word came back that Jax would make a full recovery. I don't know when, but one thing I know is I can claim that promise because you do what you say. We're not there yet, but I know you're not done yet. I'm thankful our Jax is an amazing, happy, smart boy that you have great plans for. You give his parents amazing strength and unending capacity to love and trust you. And some days are harder than others, and we look at that beautiful Jax, and he smiles at us, and we melt. So thankful you saved him. I thank you, Father, for my husband, who knows me so well and still loves me anyway after almost 42 years. My loving five children, my two awesome daughter-in-laws, my one son-in-law who married into this crazy family, and my two other sons' girlfriends. They're all proof that you answer and bless praying parents. No matter how messy the mess is, you're there to get us through. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Thank you. I'd like to invite uh, Adam, Adam Proctor, Austin, Ro uh, Austin Robinson, uh, Barb Spacker, and Zach Wilcox up next.
Good morning. PT asked me to do this last week. I'm a little unprepared, but uh, dear God, I thank you for giving me this. I thank you to my wife and kids for being my biggest supporters. This year has probably been the hardest year of my life. The first full year of marriage, uh, the police academy, it's been uh, the first year I've attended church regularly. I'm thankful my stepdaughters treat me like their dad. I'm thankful my son changed my life. I'm thankful my wife is sometimes patient with me. I'm thankful for my wife and kids loving me when I'm not lovable. Thankful my wife keeps our family together and going. I'm thankful to be part of this church and have PT as our pastor. This is the first year I've attended men's group in the mornings, even though the police academy ended that for me. I'm closer to God than I've ever been. Still not close enough. I'm thankful that I have served this country in the Marine Corps and now serving as a police officer. I'm thankful God has given me the opportunity to be a better man. I'm thankful God gave me this life. I'm thankful for my family. God, I'm thankful for my family because they put food on the table and they love me. I'm also thankful for my pets because they are adorable to me. I'm also thankful for a home because that is where my bed is. Finally, I'm thankful for Jesus and my salvation from Austin. Okay, so I was taken aback, but not too surprised when I was asked to give my letter of thanks during this year's Thanks Gathering. You see, I've had many prayer warriors gathered around me over the last several months as I faced the overwhelming process of tackling breast cancer. Nearly every week, I receive cards from Creekside staff, probably some of you that are here today. Um, they reminded me that they were praying for me and that I would just receive the blessings from the Lord. For that, I want to thank each and every one of you. Um, as I was tossing around ideas of what I could say today and the scary idea of public speaking, I began to panic. But then I quickly reminded myself that I was in Toastmasters for over 10 years, and part of my job is training large groups of staff. Um, 
those are things that aren't directly about me, so this seemed really scary. But because I have all that practice, I thought, I have got this. And then I started thinking of other things that um, I faced that sound frightening and realized that I always face challenges with that attitude of, I've got this. But really, that's not true, is it? The truth, and the only truth, is that the only way I've got this is with God's help, guidance, and grace. It, it sometimes feels like it's taken me a long time to you know, build my faith. But last week on Veterans Day, I reminded somebody that it only takes faith as small as a mustard seed to move a mountain. That, you know, it's in the Bible several times. I know firsthand now that with a little faith, a lot of prayers, and an amazing army of warriors standing beside me and around me, I can face anything, even that little thing called cancer. I, I strive to give thanks every day. It can be hard some days to be thankful, particularly during this heightened polarization of our own community and world right now. But as I drive to work every morning, I purposely take in my surroundings. I there's so much beauty always around me. Um, I, I go to work really early, so when I um, drive to work, I have a really great view of the sunrise. They're always beautiful, and I imagine them being painted by heavenly artists. It's during this quiet time that I give thanks to the Lord for giving me one more day to enjoy, and I try to be a reflection of his grace and glory, and for that, I'm grateful and very thankful. Um, as I was listening to everybody um, speak today, um, you know, the biggest story that I, I have that I tell about being thankful and, and faithful is 11 years ago, I had one of the worst years of my life, and, and now I can look at that time as the biggest blessings of my life. So that was first the deeper, um, start of a deeper relationship with the Lord, and all of the struggles I face um, are, are so much easier because of the faith that I have that uh, the Lord has a path for me and and I'm so grateful and thankful. So um, I just want to wish everybody a, a very happy Thanksgiving and um, I'm so glad to be a part of Creekside. Thank you. Dear God, I'm thankful for the dad that I have. He's one of the funniest dads you could ever ask for. Even though I should say, I was, or should I say, I am a pain in his backside. He still loves me. Then my sister, well, she's been there, she's been there for me since I was born. She's also given me so many things that she, she does not need anymore, like advice in school. And sometimes I was, like I said, or should I say, I'm, uh, I'm a pain in her backside too. She still loves me. I'm also, I'm also thankful for, I'm also thankful for my brother and my stepbrother. They've both been there for me, and I'm a pain in their backside, and they're a pain in my backside. But we still love each other. Then I'm thankful for my mom and my stepmom. My mom passed away when I was three and a half, 
Even though I do not remember her, I still hold her close in my heart. I'm also thankful for my stepmom because she does a lot for me. I'm thankful for my grandma, grandpa, Grammy, well, my other grandma. They have done a lot of stuff for me. I'm also thankful for my Uncle Jeff because he has put so much time and effort and money in helping me for hunting and deer tags and sports. I'm also thankful for the three meals a day that I get and the roof over my head. I'm thankful for my friends for always being there for me. I'm thankful for Creekside taking me and my family in and helping us when we are in need. I'm also thankful for Kyle Giffen and Kyle Logan. They have helped me through a lot of different problems that I've had. I'm thankful for, my, for having a chance to have a job at Antioch, at Antioch Speedway. Then I'm also thankful for how nice my dad's coworkers treat him and treat me. And finally, I'm thankful for the sports I play. The only reason why I play is because they're fun and God gave me the talents to. Thank you. Would you just give uh, all of our letter writers uh, another hand? Of... It uh, takes an incredible amount of courage to be able to do that and put your thoughts together and sometimes share some of the deep things of your heart and soul. Would you stand with me, please? And we're going to sing one song and get you out of here. And uh, make sure you pick up your kids quick and thank those wonderful workers for serving. Uh, but again, let's give... Uh, full voice to this powerful declaration of how great God is. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and hear the sing.